All right, welcome back, people. We are now into Cantor at Your Own Risk, episode 39, part B. Uh, this is going to be the second part of our 2022 Christmas special, where we talk about our favorite animated movies. Uh, part A was Kevin going over his top five CGI, and we're going to start part B with me hitting up my top five with my number five. Uh, I think the newest on my list, which is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Um... If you know anything about me, you know that I am, like, a super huge, giant comic nerd. Uh, like, one of the only things that I've done through Kent's uh, webpage that I uh, kicked off was the analysis of all of the 21 Marvel movies leading up to uh, Avengers Endgame before that came out. Um, and I was pleasantly shocked and surprised by how good Into the Spider-Verse was. Um, the story was really well written. The casting was spot on for most of the parts. You know, like, Nicolas Cage doing Spider-Man Noir was, you know, like a highlight for me. Um, and I love the animation style, which uh, I don't know if you guys have seen Arcane on Netflix, but it's almost like this super stylized CG paint mix. I don't know how to describe it. Um, but I, uh, I can't recommend it high enough. I mean, especially for something Marvel's put out within what would have been, you know, phase four. Was this was still put out by Sony, right? Not Disney, correct? Yeah, this was another one of the ones where it was the collaboration between, you know, the two of them. Yeah, that makes sense. I This was actually high up on a lot of lists I looked at. Uh, so, I don't... Is it, I didn't see it streaming anywhere. Did, did you find it, it streaming? or? It looks like it's just on FX, you know... For the, the easy stuff without going into, you know, like Plexi or the, the smaller um, streaming services that offer, you know, all sorts of stuff for free, but with ads. Okay. That makes sense. I may even own this on Vudu. I'm not sure. Yeah, this is, this is one of the ones that we, you know, have. You know, uh, well, we have most of the Marvel stuff, but... Yeah. Yeah, it it looked good. I just I haven't watched any of the actually I haven't watched a Spider Man movie since the third Tobey Maguire one. No, are you kidding me? Uh, not not like an, its own Spider Man movie. Let's let's put it that way. I, I mean, I was obviously I saw him in the other Marvel ones, but like you know the ones with what was it, Andrew Garfield and with Tom Holland. I haven't seen oh, the Tom any of those Holland ones are really good uh, i mean yeah for the late stage of marvel that that the is last like, one yeah some of the better ones i haven't seen the the, the last one but oh the, the last one is straight up i mean if you, if you enjoyed the other ones then this the last one is like straight up nostalgia bait and i would say like this is almost like the animated version of you know copy between no way home and like batman beyond you know, if you watch that animated series back in the day. Oh yeah, no, I, yeah, I liked I liked the Batman the animated series probably I'm most familiar with, but yeah, I liked I liked uh, Spider Man into the Spideyverse though. I saw it uh, because it was nominated for best animated feature. I was rooting for another movie, so I was a little bit like disappointed when it when it won. Um, but then when I saw it, I was like, okay, I get it. This is actually pretty awesome. I was, I was really surprised that it won because I was like, really a Marvel Spider-Man movie? Like, you know, and it really had like a lot of layers. Uh, it made a lot of sense to the guys who won were like, anyone can be behind the mask. Cause I was like really confused about what they were talking about. And, uh, and it almost like sets up kind of what Marvel is doing now. Like the different multiverses and different characters and stuff, it like kind of fits into it before they really even fully got into it. 
yeah, this was this was really cool. And Nicolas Cage's noir Spider Man was absolutely the best. Um, like it was good up to that point, but it was it was like it kind of made the movie fun again. Like I don't know when you just get excited. Um, yeah, and they did a good job, I think, with Kingpin too, in you know giving him motivations and stuff, so it wasn't just. Uh, I mean, it's it's sad when you know in an animated movie you have a better villain for uh, Marvel than you do in like three quarters of their live action films that they've done. I, I liked Michael Clark Duncan the first time, but rewatching Daredevil is is tough every time. Um, the that Ben Affleck movie, anyways. But I uh, uh, oh yeah yeah I know it's very difficult. Yeah, I think uh, I do like Vincent D'Onofrio in the show. Um, yeah, he did. They, they, the show definitely got what make makes Kingpin, you know, scary as a villain. It's not, it's not that he's this giant white guy who can throw you around, you know, through a roof or whatever. It's you know, literally because he owns like everything, and he can find a way to put pressure on you or get to you. So yeah, they hit that great in the uh, the Netflix show. Yeah, and I think maybe they got it so well and into the spidey verses because they're basing it off the comic book and like with the movies i feel like they were always kind of like basing it off of like cartoon versions or like what you know trying to make it more of a cartoon version because of like you know the success of like tim burton's batman like kind of legitimized comic book movies and it was like a lot you know they're like a you know, those first two are like live cartoons or even shoe Schumacher's ones are kind of like live cartoons also, but oh, Schumacher's are Batman and Robin is a cartoon. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. A bad. cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a very bad cartoon, <laughs> but you can have fun, but it's almost like, you know, self-aware it's a disaster, but it's just kind of fun to, to watch when you, when you know how bad it is, like you can go back and watch it. It's like, you, you can either have fun with it or like, why are you watching it? <laughs> it's better on repeat viewings because at that point, the disappointment's gone. You already know what it is. And now you're like, all right, how much are they kind of just like going for fun? And like Arnold clearly yeah. is going for some I was going to say that it, he's better every single time I see it. It was really terrible the first time and uma thurman i think is been is good every time wait is she in that one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. she uma, was okay uma she was okay did. arnold was okay it just it didn't know what it wanted to be oh, oh yeah no. <laughs> well it wanted to be successful and, and it didn't it didn't, <laughs> it didn't well, yeah yeah well, it, it knew that yeah. but um yeah all right um anything you guys want to add kent nay all right, going on to my number four, we're sticking with the uh, superhero theme with The Incredibles from uh, 2004. And uh, I think we've seen this, I want to say a bunch, but more often than we, we have since then. But the idea of, like, what would superheroes be like in the real world in regards to, like, oh... They cause so much damage that the insurance companies won't cover them anymore, so now they all have to retire and go be normal humans, or at least pretend to be normal humans. Um, and, I mean, I think it would be real easy to do a, a top five list of CGI animated movies and just have them all be Pixar. Um, you know, between Wally, The Incredibles, the Toy Story movies, Up... Um, you know, there's just a ton of things that they, they really are good at making good stories that manipulate your emotions while you're watching them. But, um, you know, this one kind of hit for me because, you know, relatively there aren't a lot of, um, ones made for, I guess, kind of like adult men. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, a lot of like the themes from Toy Story will resonate with you as you've you know, about growing up and your toys and going through that stuff. But, um, uh, you know, you don't see a ton of like Pixar, Disney animated movies with action aimed towards guys. Uh, and this one, you know, felt like that, you know, with Craig T. Nelson as Mr. Incredible as the main character, um, you know, as the dad, 
going through it. You know, the, the whole family are important. But uh, in addition, you know, I liked a lot of the uh, the comedy between uh, Edna and uh, Jason Lee as the fucking villain. You know, I thought it just uh, it just worked for me. Uh, I don't know if it had come out after the comic book resurgence, if it would have made as big an impression as it did coming out before, you know, on the heels of like bad daredevil kind of idea. I, I if, haven't what do you guys seen Ah, uh, poor cat. I'm just kidding. What about you, Kevin? I haven't seen this either. Okay. Um, but I've been told to watch it like a whole bunch of times. Uh, like people were talking about it when it came out. I was not interested in, in seeing it, but I, I meant to see it on this list, but I kind of like, as you said, Chris, like it'd be too easy to do like a list of like five Pixar films. So I decided to kind of only pick one, one Pixar film for the CGI and like one Disney movie for like the animated. Cause I feel like that also could be the same way when I kind of wanted to venture out more because I have Disney plus and this is definitely one that I, that I wanted to, to watch, but also I knew that everyone loves this movie. So I figured it was probably going to be on at least on one of your guys' list. I find it really funny that my son will sit there and watch animated movie after animated movie. And yet, like I put the Incredibles on and he's like, nope, nope. I'm out. I check out. He doesn't even. He doesn't even like watch a couple minutes of it. He's just gone. I'm like, well, you know, my favorite one. <laughs> you won't even bother watching, buddy. Of course, right? Yeah, yep. makes sense. Same thing. Like I tried to get him to watch the 2007 Ninja Turtle movie. Nope, I'm not interested in that one at all. Will he watch the old one from the 80s? No, he he doesn't do traditional animation very often. Gotcha. Like. He'll do Princess and the Frog every once in a while, and once in a while we get him to watch something a little bit older. But most of the time, like he'll 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 like leave it on. He won't turn it off, but he just won't focus on it. That makes sense. However, my number three is probably my number three because of how often my son has made me force force me to watch this, and that is going to be Despicable Me by Illumination from 2010. Uh, this, I guess, is kind of closer to, like, a James Bond world than a, uh, superhero world, but it's the, uh, the idea that one of the villains ends up becoming, you know, a good guy after, uh, adopting a couple of kids, but I love the humor, you know, Steve Carroll kills it, um... I mean, they got Julie Andrews to come in and play his mom for a couple of scenes, and she just absolutely, like, if you haven't seen it, like, she crushes his self-esteem, like, every single time she's in there. It's amazing. Um, Julie Andrews? Yeah, Julie Andrews. Really? There's, like, a scene for showing him why he wants to go to space to steal the moon when he's a kid, and he's like, Mom, look, I drew a picture of a rocket. She's like, "Uh uh-huh. And then it cuts to, Mom, I made the prototype of the rocket. Uh-huh. Mom, I made an actual rocket that'll take... He, she's like, it's too late, son. They're no longer sending monkeys to the moon. <laughs> so, yeah, it was just, like, rough as a mom for him. Uh, Russell Brand is in it, and, you know, I, I like him personally, but I'm not a huge fan of, like, a lot of his movies. But um, he, he plays a good supporting character in this. Um... Yeah, I've gone as Gru for Halloween before, so I mean, uh, yeah, a, a good portion of why this was on my list was because of you know familiarity and how much I've watched it. I might even like part two a little bit more because it builds on the characters that you've already established in part one. But um, you know, for the seeing it for the first time and the minions, you know, they they've kind of gone overboard with them since this came out, but like when you're first introduced them, they're like some of the best little sidekicks in the uh, history of animated movies. You know, they, they just work. Believe it or not, I've actually seen this. Oh shit. 
it took us eight movies, but I finally have seen a movie on the list. So, yeah, Proud of you. yeah, thanks, thanks. I deserve uh, an award or an achievement or something, a plaque maybe. I don't know. But yeah, this movie was really funny. Uh, but I, I don't know. I think we all probably tried keeping to like one movie from each like safe film studio, and I'm pretty sure one of my picks is from. This was from Illumination, right? You said. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I chose something from them, something different. I, I probably guess, but I'll wait till you get to your list. Yeah, it's not the Lorax. Have you seen this one, Kevin? No, I haven't. I've seen I've seen bits and pieces of it. My, uh, My uh, niece and nephews, nephews. Wa- like. Have it. I know that they're one of the minions in one of the movies is named Kevin, and I had like a boss at like Dunkin' Donuts who like just always said that I reminded her of that. But I think it's just because we had the same name, and I had no idea what she was talking about. But no, you sold me, man. Julie Andrews in it, like small part. Steve said Steve Carell. Yeah, Steve Carell's the main character. He the, uh, the cast is brilliant, man. Yeah. He kills it. Like one of the things too is they've they've done three actual Despicable Me movies and a couple of like prequels, but in each of the three the the villain's been great too. It was uh, Jason Segel, and then um, uh shit, who played El Macho? Give me a second, and then um, you know what? Just give me two seconds. It was Benjamin Bratt was the villain in the second one. And I think it was one of the South Park guys who was the villain in the third one. Like one of the main guys? Yeah, Trey Parker. Trey Parker? Yeah. That would be worth seeing. Or hearing or whatever. Yeah, they. So I mean, he's a little cleaner. <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> and doing as despicable me that he is in South Park, but that seems interesting to me. <laughs> his, yeah. So I mean, it's interesting. You know, it's you're dealing with like kind of spy gadgets and stuff. Um, you know, shrink rays, freeze guns. You know, so like a little more high tech than James Bond, but you know that kind of campy level. Uh, you know, villains going against each other. There's a, a bank that only caters to villains. There's an anti-villain league later on in the the series. So it's it's good. I mean, uh, Kristen Wiig plays a part in the first one, and she plays a different part in the second one. I just uh, yeah, they did a good job with the casting. They did a good job with the writing. Um, yeah, and it's it's got the comedy and the the emotions that you know, like all the really good animated movies bring out in you. I think it's kind of cool, like, just, you know, between Kevin's list, your list, and, you know, my my impending list, like, how great the talent is in most of these movies. Like, the name talent that they get is, you know, stacked in almost all of these movies, really. Oh, yeah. I would, I would agree. I wish... Yeah. I think there have been times that there have been animated movies that are probably worth running, you know, against the main movies of the year. And the fact that they're relegated to, you know, a separate Oscar category kind of sucks sometimes. It's almost intentional. All right. My number two, and this is probably going to be the highest debatable one on my list, but I really enjoyed it is uh, Beowulf from 2007. The one that uh, Robert Zemeckis did. Zemeckis is a solid dude, so... Uh, I, I mean, I don't know if you guys saw it, but it it was written by Neil Gaiman. You know, the guy who did um, The Sandman that just came out on Netflix? Yeah. So it, it changed up the story a little bit from the prototypical Beowulf saga retelling. Um, but it made it, I don't know, it was, I think it did a pretty decent job of modernizing it. You know, um, 
in regards to, you know, making Beowulf not just like a super human, no flaw character. It might have gone a little bit too far in the opposite direction, but I mean, uh, looking at the CGI now, it looks a little old, but for something 15 years old, looking at the, like the facial rendering that they did from the people as they transpose them in, it's pretty amazing. And the cast is fucking great too. Again, you know, like you were saying in regards to talent, you've got Ray Winstone, Angelina Jolie, Anthony Hopkins, Crispin Glover, Robin Wright, um, John Malkovich. Malkovich, yeah, Brendan Gleeson. I mean, shit. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty fucking stacked, dude. Yeah, uh, it didn't do as well in the box office as people would have wanted it to. So um, that that hurt it when it came out. Um, I think. Uh, I mean, I don't remember what studio actually did the animation for this, but I don't think they went on to do much more afterwards. I I remember like the commercials for this it did, or the trailer, whatever. Like it just didn't, it didn't strike me as something I really wanted to see at the time. I don't know. Uh, looking now at the trailer, like it definitely looks very dated. It actually looks like a video game in a lot of ways. Um, I also didn't realize all the talent that was in it. I actually have a picture of me and Russ doing a some kind of parody of Beowulf for an English class back in high school. Uh, I think he was Beowulf, and I think I was Grendel, a hip-hop star. Don't know how we got to that point, but we did. <laughs> so, there is that. No shit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I haven't seen this, but also I'm excited that Roger Avery wrote the screenplay with Neil Gaiman. So he has only directed a few movies, but I love Killing Zoe and The Rules of Attraction. And he also wrote Pulp Fiction. So, well, he did the story and did the part of one part of Pulp Fiction. Which part did he do? He did the... Um, Bruce Willis part, the okay. whole Zed thing, and then it's just like a little bit. You can kind of tell if you've seen Killing Zoe, also starring Julie Delpy. Um, there's, 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 uh, there's definitely like a, a connection of the weirdness of, <laughs> of that scene. Uh, you know what? I could see that having a. I could see that in the the Beowulf, having you know seen it now. Now, yeah, for sure. So, but yeah, I, no, I haven't seen it either. And I probably would have had no interest when it came out. And I don't, I think I saw this on a list, but I didn't know it looked like it was too live action. But the fact that this is live action motion caption capture CGI, which was like, I don't know. Yeah. It looks interesting for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think the fact that they can take a 1,400-old story and make it interesting probably um, is one of the things that I enjoyed about it. Uh, All right. And to go on to my number one, I have something related to uh, one of Kevin's, and that's going to be a Scanner Darkly uh, from 2006. Excuse me. Directed by Richard Licklater off of a story by um, Philip K. Dick, you know, one of the, the greatest science fiction novelists ever. He was given us, you know, Total Recall, Blade Runner, uh, just, you know, a ton of stuff that we've used for um, the basis for different storylines. Um, this one is not one that I enjoy. It's one that uh, bothers me, you know. Um, like as we've we've discussed a couple times doing the horror movies, you know, it's it's hard to find something scary now when you watch um, so many movies within a genre, you know, or when you go through stuff in real life that's scarier than the majority of like the. Um, scenarios that you run into into a horror movie. 
So movies that disturb me typically end up sticking with me far longer than you know a lot of generic horror movies that we watch. Um, you know, in in this one, you know, the shit that ends up happening to Keanu's character, like, bothered me finishing it up. So the premise is that um, cops in the future, because so much stuff is um, constantly monitored, uh, hide their identities by wearing these suits that show other people's faces every couple seconds when they're at work. So nobody knows what they actually look like. Um, Or, you know, and they all have code names too. So it's not like, um, you know, I would know that it would be like, say, Kent. Yeah, I just wouldn't know what he looks like. Kent Kent would be like nicknamed Frank or something. Um, And there's this new drug going around. I don't remember what the hell it was called, but uh, it was blue. That basically causes you to trip and experience visions and hallucinations and whatnot. Um, But prolonged use uh, begins to destroy your mental capacity and if it gets bad enough withdrawal from it will actually cause you to have brain damage so the long story short Keanu is a cop and he's sent undercover to live in a house with a bunch of drug users in an attempt to find out um, you know uh where their deals are coming from in order to bring it down. And he gets addicted to the drug and ends up losing his mind, uh, becoming brain damaged. And he's sent off to work at this, uh, like, um, uh, kind of like halfway house that this company runs. And you find out that his superiors knew that this was going to happen. And the whole reason that they, got him addicted was so he could get installed in this halfway house where they suspect the drug is coming from and hope that he has enough of his mind left to be able to ship them some evidence in order to uh, bring this place down. But like they completely destroy this guy's life in order to do that. And that was, I was just like, wow, that's fucking dark. But I mean, you've got Keanu, you've got Robert Downey Jr. You've got Winona Ryder, um, Woody Harrelson, you know, it's a bunch of good performances all around, you know, um, this is, this is like one of those movies I point to when people say Keanu can't act and be like, well, I mean, have you, have you seen a scanner darkly? So I don't know. Keanu can act. Uh, and, uh, substance D is what, is what the, the drug is. Yeah. Thank you. Like, oh, yeah. So thank you. Yeah. Cause that was driving me crazy too. Yeah substance D. yeah it's it's kind of like so meshed up like you got um the the storyline is kind of like i would i don't think i'd ever be able to explain it as well as as you did because it's kind of like the movie like you know keanu's character starts like losing it and he's not even really sure who's going on and i'm like losing all the the names and i'm like wait which character is frank (laughs) he he um when he starts getting the damage from the drug, his the two sides of his brain stop communicating with each other. So he forgets his, so like one side of his brain thinks he's the cop. One side of his brain thinks he's the, the person in the house undercover. And he begins to forget, you know, that he's the same person. He's basically living like two separate lives at the exact same time. They do some really interesting work with the camera too, to play off that. Like he's having a, an interview and he'll be, looking at the people and they'll be sitting on one side of the room and then it'll flip over and they'll be sitting on the opposite side of the room, you know, within just a quick, quick cut scene transition. I think I would enjoy watching this, looking at who's in it. And I, I, hell, I don't even really remember this coming out to be perfectly honest. I don't remember many trailers or anything. I do remember seeing a lot of trailers for it, but it, like, after it came out, it was not, like, a super popular, well-received movie. I, I mean, it wasn't poorly received, but it you know, once people started seeing what it was compared to what the trailers were showing, it it, it wasn't going to ever make, you know, like, blockbuster sales. Most people that I that know that, sense. like, that have seen this movie, like, are big 
Philip K. Dick fans, and actually, uh, this guy's telling me that this is one of the better adaptations of it, according to some some guy. I don't know. We watched Screamers together, so I, I feel like I know he knows what he's talking about. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think maybe I thought it was going to be more fun when I saw it the first time, but it, it was kind of like I really didn't know what to do with it. But it was like it was cool, but like I really didn't know what to do with all of it. It was kind of like confusing um but i mean i own it and i watch it and i and and uh yeah the way you describe you know like movies that disturb you um like terrifying elements or just movies that just kind of end really like in a dark dark way um that kind of leave you unsatisfied i always found myself kind of always like going back to those movies because i would think the first time like oh i don't really like that but then i had something about it i always end up going back to it because to see like why i don't like it and um yeah there is definitely like a lot of like paranoia and a lot of like conversations and almost like some talking in circles with uh woody and robert downey jr which are great the absolutely great so good choice Thanks, man. So yeah, that's that's my list, Kent. What do you got going on? Uh alright, so for my number five, uh once again kind of keeping the whole idea of just doing one from each thing, I went with ants, uh mainly because when I saw Ants and a Bug's Life, I honestly thought Ants was a better movie. Uh, uh I don't know. Spoilers, it is. Like, it didn't get nearly the reception because it didn't have the backing of... Was it Disney or Pixar? Both? I don't know, but, like... Was Bugs Life the first Disney-Pixar one? Like, after they bought Pixar? Yeah. So, like, it just didn't have the promotional backing or anything, but it was the better movie. Uh, Cast? I mean, you can look at both casts and be like, well, how how do I pick? And whatever, you don't pick. But as far as the story goes of... You know, both about insects. I don't know. I, I really do feel that ants wins out. Plus, it kind of fits with everything else we got going on. So I didn't have to use my Pixar choice on a bug's life. That's really the main rationalization here. I haven't watched ants in probably eight to ten years, so I can't really tell you too much about it. Other than I remember liking ants better. Anybody want to add to that? Yeah, I'm a big Woody Allen fan, so yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um... Like, uh, I, I do think this cast is better than A Bug's Life. Uh, I do like the fact that there's no praying mantises in this, so that automatically gets a plus one for me. Um, for those of you who don't know, praying mantises are, like, the scariest thing in the world to me. Even though the one in A Bug's Life was kind of a puss. I, I did not know that about you, but now I know. And knowing there's a reason why Mimic is one of the highest rated <laughs> scary movies. For yeah, yeah, my, yeah, my girlfriend doesn't like bugs yeah. either. She like she doesn't like any. Yeah, Just, Mimic. She's like, oh no, no. But this was really cool. Uh, Sharon Stone, Sylvester Stallone. This, yeah, I didn't see. Yeah, Danny Glover, Walking. Gene Hackman, Gene. Yeah. Yeah, Gene, Danny Gene, Glover, Glover. Yeah. Dan Aykroyd, Anne Bancroft, Jane Curtin. Very distinctive yeah. voices, all of these people. Yeah, yeah. walk in. So, Jane. And walk in actually has one of the better roles in, in the Cur- movie. If Colonel I, Cutter. Like the, is he the main bad guy? He is, right? Yeah. Oh, John Ma- uh-huh. Mahoney. He's, he yeah. was from Frasier, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Just a solid overall endeavor, and I don't know. I, I, to this day, nobody really talks about ants nearly as much as most of these other CGI movies. It just doesn't get brought up in conversation, I don't think. I think a lot of it has to do with the taint of Woody Allen being in it. So which taint is worse, the Kevin Spacey or the Woody Allen taint? Well, I would say the Kevin Spacey, because, I mean, that's you know straight-up rape. And Woody Allen is probably the worst thing that you can accuse of him. I mean, I'm not excusing it. Would be grooming. 
Yeah, it's the Woody Allen one is like a yeah. complicated. There's method. a lot. <laughs> Kevin Spacey is pretty much like straight up, like I don't know, like like admittedly guilty and. Woody Allen, yeah, no, you can the whole grooming thing. It's it's weird. It's it's super weird. I like. Uh, um, I would I would watch this though because there's a lot more going on than than just Woody Allen. Even though he's like the main character, but it's not like he he didn't write it right. He's just like a character. Yeah, he just starred in it. In it so. Yeah, no, he just he's just in it. I I barely remember this movie i feel like i saw it but i don't know like yeah in the late 90s yeah they both came out the same year i remember that i haven't seen a bug's life either i've seen it in pieces but um i mean one of the other things i'll give for this one over a bug's life was this was an original story you know trite uh, tropey but original whereas a bug's life was basically just the ant and the grasshopper yeah, yeah, that's true. And you can find ants on Peacock, supposedly. So, that's been nice. Almost all of our picks have been available on something aside from uh, Scanner Darkly was on something called Canopy, which I am not familiar with. You need a library card, if, and it's only if certain libraries participate in it, but it's like a, it's cool, Like, but I don't, the library, my public library doesn't participate in it, so I think it's probably like bigger city libraries, you, or like if you're like a student, you get a library card, and then you get this like free streaming thing. Uh, it was on Criterion. So Johnstown's probably not going to cut it, right? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm guessing probably not. Laconia, but, New Hampshire. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. it. me and my girlfriend have both tried, and <laughs> it's... Um, Yeah, that's it. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. All right. Moving on. Uh, my number four is another movie I haven't seen in many years, but I still remember it quite fondly, and that is Ice Age, um, which has Dennis Leary, John Leguizamo, surprisingly in a good role, Ray Romano, um, Cedric the Entertainer, Jack Black, Stephen Root, Diedrich Bader, Alan Tudyk, uh, it's. It was a lot of fun for its time. I, my thought, my, my biggest fear, and why I honestly didn't really want to go back to watch it is I'm not sure how well it's going to hold up. Like, if it's still going to be as funny as it was when I first saw it. Uh, like, have either of you watched it recently by any chance? I, I haven't watched it recently. Um, I would assume the first one probably still holds up pretty well, considering that they went on to make, what, like seven or eight of them? Yeah, they made. Yeah, they did. This was actually one of the free movies I got from Voodoo when I first signed up. Like, I got like five or six free movies, and Ice Age was one of them. So this is one of my very first uh, digital movies. Well, that's cool. I haven't seen it. I think, and it's a movie that I remember, like, in like a adult life, people or other adults were like, "Oh, Ice Age is pretty good, actually." You know, you don't need to like watch it with a kid, you know, because that's usually how I, for a while, would only watch cartoons, you know, or animated films, like with a child. Yeah, I would say that you you wouldn't, you, you can absolutely enjoy it as an adult by yourself, like, it, it'll still make you laugh. I'm just not sure how good the humor is going to hold up, quite frankly, I, I think that's, that's all it comes down to, but Dennis Leary really never lets me down. Uh, so, and plus it's weird, like, Dennis Leary has the lead of an animated film, like, back in 2002 is kind of just weird to think about. I, I, Interesting choice. You think he would be, like, uh, maybe, like, you know, one of the small, small parts with, like, a distinctive voice, but him leading. That sounds cool. I think it's funny yeah. too that they list him as number one in the credits on IMDb, but you know, like Ray Romano is definitely the the main character, and he's listed first on the post. Right? Yeah, Ray, because Ray was the mammoth, right? Yeah, he was the Manny. Oh. Yeah, uh, 
Yeah, it is weird how that's listed, but uh, IMDb lists lists things weirdly at times. Like sometimes it goes with like the credits, like at the end of the movie, and sometimes it doesn't. It's very confusing. Yes, I would agree. Um, so with that being, actually, I didn't look up to see where it's streaming, mainly because I own it. But just to check where it would be streaming, it's on Disney Plus. So. And no surprise that a lot of the movies that you know we've talked about it's going to be on Disney Plus. All right, my number three, uh, which I just finished watching right before we got on here, is uh, a Secret Life of Pets, or the Secret Life of Pets, whatever. Uh, this is my Illumination film choice. Uh, it wasn't as funny as the first time I saw it, but it the opening like 10 to 15 minutes and like the last 10 to 15 minutes still hold up really well somewhere in the middle they tried like adding an action adventure story which of course they kind of had to do i guess to appeal to whomever but what was really appealing about the opening and closing was showing how our pets like react to us like how dogs will just wait and wait and how just like their tail wiggles and all, all their stupid little intricacies they really nailed er- early on and and I think that was where the charm came from uh and then they tacked on the story and when I finished I thought to myself what could have actually been just as interesting to me as an adult as if they'd tried doing like a, a nature documentary with this type of comedy to it, just exploring the lives of animals. They could have done that, and I think that could have actually been really, really funny instead of doing, like, oh, these two dogs get caught by the animal catchers, and then they get rescued, and, you know, all that stuff. We didn't really need that. They could have just done, like, a little fake documentary. would have been kind of fun. Um, This also had uh louis ck so another one of these films that has a weird lead taint so to speak but uh he was quite good in it uh i would say uh jenny slate and lake bell steal the show uh in this one but there's a lot of good talent in, in it uh have either of you guys seen this one i haven't i thought you were gonna be talking about a different one for illumination (laughs) <laughs> Which one did you think? I thought you were going to be going with How to Train Your Dragon. Never seen it. No, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen either of them. Uh, but I remember you. We were talking like uh, last week, and you mentioned you mentioned that one, and it wasn't on any streaming service that I that I had anyway. So I, I remember not checking it out. Yeah, I I looked for it, and I couldn't find it anywhere. Um, so that was a problem. Uh, you know, it's, it's weird that some of these movies you still just can't find, like, I don't know if I'd consider this a big, big movie, but, like, it was a relatively successful movie. Um, also, Kevin Hart's really good as the little bunny called Snowball. Very, he, he fits the role pretty, pretty good. I remember seeing that in the trailers, yeah. Um, and I always like Albert Brooks. I, I don't know. There's something every time I see him, like, you know, like in, in the opening of Twilight Zone, the movie, and then like in drive and then this, like you can't get really three different types of roles, but he nails all three of them in his own w- weird way. Also it's Hank Scorpio in the Simpsons. Al Brooks is a legend. Um, so yeah, that he really is like, he just, I don't know. He's on a different level, for for me at least. Also, they had uh, no sleep till Brooklyn in this, um, so that that that's always a win for me. Um, but yeah, if anybody hasn't seen it, I would recommend it. And my number two is probably the most obscure of of my list, and that's a, a film called Nine. Uh, 
I'm, I don't know. I just have this feeling that neither of you have seen it. Have either of you seen it? I love Timur Membeknetov. I have all of his movies that he's released in the U.S. on DVD. Well, all right. No, I haven't seen it. Good to know. That sounds all, but it looks uh, really good, this, and I've heard it referenced. I don't know. I think when we were doing the uh, Cube-like movies, it was like referenced into one of those those movies for some reason. I don't know if that makes sense, but I haven't seen it. But it looks—it's like sci-fi. It's PG thirteen. Yeah, there's like a lot of steampunk uh, aspects. Um, I th- the the little puppets are actually called Stitch Punks. Uh, once again, another great voice cast: uh, Elijah Wood, Jennifer Connelly, Crispin Glover, Christopher Plummer. Martin Landau, John C. Riley, uh, really good. Uh, it's one of the scarier. I don't. I mean, obviously it was rated PG thirteen, so it wasn't meant for little kids. I think this would actually scare little kids. There's a couple of scenes that are really uh, creepy as hell because there's there's a machine that creates other machines and it like creates like a cat beast and a bird beast. And there's something called the seamstress, which is like a giant, I don't know, caterpillar type thing that like puts the puppets in like cocoons. It's all kind of creepy and shit. Uh, one of the cool things is the film opens up with the, the puppet named nine waking up and the very first puppet that he meets is two. So we get a little nine deuce reference. The real reason. So, <laughs> uh, I didn't even realize that, you know, like didn't realize it when I first watched, I was like, Holy shit. Okay. That's cool. Um, I don't know. It, there's something just weird about it. It kind of also reminds me a little bit of like, um, the video game, little nightmares. I don't know, kind of remind me a little bit of that, uh, the aesthetic. There's probably a lot of social stuff going on in here that I'm sure people that like to, you know, kind of bite, sink their teeth into could probably go go into. Uh, I don't know, it's kind of neat that the scientist basically divided his soul into nine different areas and, like, put them in these little puppets. Uh, I don't know, there, there's a lot going on. So... Uh, and there's also a really creepy scene where they kind of are celebrating and they're listening to Somewhere Over the Rainbow right before shit gets really real. So, yeah. Overall, if you're looking for something probably closer to adult than, say, the Disney movies, I would definitely recommend this. Uh, I don't know if, once again, I didn't bother to look see if it was on anything. Uh... It, it doesn't look like it. I I was gonna watch it, but then it wasn't. But it's produced by Tim Burton, and you sold yeah, me. Yeah, oh. you're right. It's not anywhere. So I picked two movies that you can't find anywhere. That's fucking great. I'm proud of myself. Oh well. Well, you can uh, always rent it. Yeah, I, this was a movie that I definitely once I read it, I was like, I I really need to own this, and then when. Uh, I was looking for movies like on one of the random voodoo sales I saw, and I was like, yeah, I'll buy it for five bucks. Why the hell not? So, yeah, good purchase. So, uh, my final movie is the Disney Pixar movie Up, because I can't think of a movie that hits you so hard in the stomach so freaking early on as freaking up does uh i remember taking my then girlfriend like this was like our first or second date to see this in 3d and like 10 minutes in like all of a sudden i'm crying in front of this girl that i'm like you know you know like not trying to impress but like you know trying to have a good time like well this is the weirdest damn beginning to a date i i can recall uh it and like while it has its somber moments, it also has so many uh funny moments, mainly like with the dog and uh the little boy named Russell. Uh Ed Asner plays plays the main guy and he's uh, he's got a great distinctive voice for animation. Um so so that's cool. Uh 
I think Christopher Plummer is also in this one, which is weird that he's in my top two. Yes, yes, he uh, is. It, I don't know. Like, it, it's such a weird movie because there are sad Disney movies. Like, I mean, you know, Bambi, I think, makes a lot of people sad. But I, I don't know. Like, if there's a sadder Disney movie than freaking Up, I can't think of one because you just see this evolution of this couple from being kids, cute kids, like, loving each other and then – Slowly, she's not able to do stuff. She dies of freaking cancer, and he's just living alone. Sad. That's pretty fucked up, man. For an anim- for Disney movie, you know. So, yeah, that that's where I'm going. Plus, it's very colorful. I I, I don't know about you guys, but like a lot of these, uh, especially like the Pixar and Disney movies. They really go to town by just going with like super bright, vibrant colors most of the time. Like it looks great, but it's just I feel like they kind of got stuck in a rut for a good decade just trying to do as much bright color as possible. One of my favorite stories from this movie is um uh a close couple of friend of mine and my wife's um that ended up, you know, moving away, but, you know, we ended up having kids around the same time and all that stuff. Uh, I remember they saw it in the theater first and then they, they went to watch it with my wife and they're like, the, the girl was like, if you don't cry within the first 10 minutes of this, you're, you're not human. And my wife sitting through like the first 10 minutes and she's not crying. And Ashley looks over at her and she's like, you're not human. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I don't know how you don't cry. It, it's, it's pretty damn, Sad story. Yeah. Kevin, did you see this? I I did because you suggested it. I didn't cry in the beginning of it, but it was like a super like, you know, it was a, a big downer moment because, you, you know, I don't know. I guess like you have an expectation of what like the structure of this movie is going to be in the beginning, where, which I loved all of like the black and white stuff. I, I don't think I've seen a CGI movie that had like, a real fifties kind of, or maybe even earlier, but like, you know, black and white, you know, picture kind of feel to it. So, but yeah, like the, the, she dies so quickly, you know, it just cuts. What, how, how long does it cut? Like 60 years? Yeah. Something something like that. Nice yeah. And like, in like 15 minutes, six minutes, something like that. It's just it doesn't follow your typical structure of what you come in expecting, and that was it was a good call though because you know from that within like two three minutes we have you know the main dude just dealing with this annoying chubby kid trying to get some badge for helping the elderly, so uh, it, it was fun uh, in, in that regard. The dogs are great, especially Doug. I don't know. Everything about, like, dogs and squirrels. I noticed that they did a lot of squirrel jokes in Secret Life of Pets, and then they did the squirrels was, like, one of the main jokes in Up. Uh, I don't know. Is that really, like, a thing? Do dogs have, like, this crazy, like, uh, hard-on for squirrels or something? Uh, the last one I had did. Huh. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's, like, nuts for, like, moving creatures and stuff, like... Um, yeah, it was legitimately funny though. This movie, like, like the I remember when he said, "Yeah, you in the suit, take a bath, hippie." Like I was like cracking up at that because it was just I don't know. It was it was good and the and the Boy Scout kid. I don't know. It was a weird story, but like at the very end, I did get the feels and I did I didn't shed a tear, but it, I, like I felt it and was almost there. But <laughs> what's it like to cry to cry in 3D? Oh, know. dude, because you got the weird glasses on, and then it's like, well, now you got to move the glasses, and there, there's there was no ma- manly dignity involved there. I'll put it that way. Um, one of the funnier lines though is early on, and it's like, I'm going where he's going, South America. It's like America, but South. I think that's a great line. So, uh, I like, did you know, did you know that Kevin was a girl? What's, what's the line? 
Yeah. Uh, I thought that was really funny, too, but that was probably on a personal <laughs> level. <laughs> oh, Kevin's a girl. I just... <laughs> I'd forgotten that was the name name of the bird, and then all of a sudden I saw, I was like, well, I'm glad that I recommended it to Kevin. I'm sure he'll get a little chuckle out of that. So, Yeah, great choice. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad that we, we all got through five films and no repeats whatsoever. That's kind of cool. Like, that was not, I mean... Yes, we did kind of check, but like we didn't plan that out, which is I, rare. I worked hard to make sure I wasn't doing like the real easy choices on this one. I, I, I yeah, same. Okay, I was the lazy one of the group. I don't care. I took the shortcut home. No, no. I mean, <laughs> like, like, great, like we said. I mean, it's really easy to to pick. Like, ninety nine percent of these lists could be like. Toy Story One, Toy Story Two, Toy Story Three, Wally, and Up. I mean, there you go. That's that's you know like, oh, dude, I want uh, the other one that I really I don't know about you guys, but like the hardest one that I had to cut out was uh, Monsters Inc. Because that that to me was another great one. Um, but it was Pixar. Another one I heard great things. Was it was that one Pixar? Yeah. yeah. I get so confused. If if I had had to do a six for CGI, I probably would have put Shrek down. I was just going to say, Shrek was the one that I was surprised that wasn't on anybody's list. because I figured it was going to be on someone's list, and I've seen it so many times. Like It came out while I worked in Video World in Johnstown, and so it was always, always playing. I did sit down and watch the entire thing uh, once after that, because it is pretty good, but... Yeah, I was like, I, I'm, I don't want to I mean, like if, watch Shrek again. If I had to do favorite individual scenes, that maybe the scene in the first one when Farquaad pulls off the gingerbread man's legs, that might be my favorite scene in an <laughs> anime, a CGI anime. Run, run yeah. as fast as I mean, you can. It, it definitely deserves to be on a list, but I kind of went with like notable movies and everyone. I don't know, but I come from a different era. But I'm sure like everyone. Shrek's like universal, right? Like all the kids of today see Shrek. Yeah, I mean they're just releasing what Puss in Boots next week or something, right? Yeah, the, that's what the second or the third one. I, I yeah, I don't know. They they've had how, however many sequels along the way. So, uh, well, they did they did three Shreks. Yeah, and the TV show, and Puss in Boots. And I don't know if this is Puss in Boots two or Puss in Boots three, but I mean it's been a couple of years three. either way. Uh, I know they're talking about rebooting Shrek. So that would... Is there a point in rebooting a cart... Like... I, I see no real logic in that one. Am I alone in that? Other than making money, I guess? Uh, yeah, I don't, yeah, you're right. I don't know. But, like, I, it depends. I haven't seen it recently. Like, I'm sure it still holds up. Like... I don't know. I it's, it's not even twenty years old yet, is it? Shrek is. I think it's, if not, about more that. Than yeah, two thousand one. Okay, so it's twenty one years. Yeah, I still don't think it looks too bad just looking at stills. But once again, I don't care how that didn't look bad to begin with. Like it doesn't look bad. Yeah, they could make it look prettier, but. I don't, I don't know. I would still hold off another decade at least to really attempt to improve upon visual, and then you got recast. I would assume, like, otherwise, what's the point in a remake? Are you going to keep the same cast? No, I think that's why they're doing the remake. A, because Hollywood's out of ideas, and B, because, um, you know, like, the cast is getting Mike, older. So Yeah, Mike Myers of, and Eddie Murphy aren't the big thing. So instead of doing just like another sequel, you know, like years later, oh, let's just reboot it. We can squeeze lemon out of a stone. Uh, Hollywood's doing it, keeping it real. You know, I, I, I need to throw out something uh, I, I meant to mention when I was talking about Nine. <laughs> so I, I know I was talking to Kevin about how much I hate Rotten Tomatoes' website, and like one of the the first things that you read about nine is, oh, it's, it's basically the same old normal story. I'm like, oh, okay. I've seen plenty of animated movies 
that involve a puppets in a steampunk universe where a scientist splits his soul into nine pieces into a talisman and really like that that that's been done before per Rotten Tomatoes that's what it sounds like so kudos to Rotten Tomatoes alright are we uh, gonna cut another break here yep. yeah alright guys you got uh, part B giving us the rest of our top fives for the CGI movies we're gonna be back in a part C discussing our top five traditional animated movies see ya <laughs> 